Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. After a week off for Thanksgiving and COVID reasons. That's right. <laughs> um, we're actually without uh, Colson today for also for COVID reasons. He's he's in quarantine after being close to too many sick people. Like this is just a little bit ridiculous how widespread this is right now. And I think we're just gonna have to box Colson up somewhere. Yeah. He's no longer allowed to interact with anyone. That's true. I I was I was telling you, I was thinking about this the other day that like I it's gotten to the point I mean Colson's only he's only been here for a few months and I'm already like we used to do this without him. How, <laughs> how did we do that? How did I do that? Anyway, we miss you, Colson. Stop being around sick people. Um, so we got to start Advent last yep. Sunday, um, and that was um, in November. In, no- in November. In November. November. Always my favorite when Advent starts in November. It's not really. I. I've already talked to the uh, the church. Should know that I. I don't. I don't think I have to say it every year that I don't like Christmas music. (laughs) Every time it comes to Advent, I'm like, yeah, but can we just keep? No, 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 we can't. (laughs) No, we've got to. No, we've got to praise Baby Jesus because Baby (laughs) Jesus is our favorite. That's my favorite Jesus. Of the Jesus, of the Jesuses, Baby Jesus is my favorite. Dear eight pound, twelve ounce Jesus. No, um, I don't know why. I'm just a Scrooge, so please forgive me. Um, I mean, I have some feelings as to why, but I, I, I don't actually know what it is. But so how do you feel about songs about Santa Claus? Yeah, I don't like those. Are those, those are even worse. <laughs> it's, it's, so you can you can tolerate the ones about Jesus, but I can tolerate the ones about Jesus. When it comes to the ones about Santa Claus, I am out. <laughs> no thanks folks we're not are there any songs that are that mention baby jesus and santa claus it seems like those have to exist i just Somewhere. can't come up with one yeah. off the top of my head no absolutely um yeah all i can all i can think about is you know like christmas shoes and all these i mean it's like the the songs that that bother me when it <laughs> comes to christmas shoes the, <laughs> the christmas shoes song the I got nothing. Sir, I want to buy these shoes for my mama, please. Like this kid's mother is dying and she wanted these <laughs> shoes. You don't know these. I have a funny well, feeling if I've not heard it, Paul's not either. Yeah, I don't know. No. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, it's on the radio during Christmas and it's like one of those like, oh, yeah, let's. That's what you like about Christmas music is it tries to create feelings in you. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Is like the, the same thing I don't like about some worship music. It's like. Don't make me feel super, things. No, like don't. <laughs> Don't do that. Like the the truth is enough to to make us feel things. We don't we don't need the extra. Like don't don't bring that junk in here. Yeah, there's there's no doubt that among the three of us, you've got the the. It's not that you're the Grinch with two. Your heart is four sizes too small. It is like nine sizes too big. Sure. Paul and I are the ones yeah. of the nine. The four yeah. sizes too, too small. small. Like <laughs> sure. Um, when the Christmas music plays and tries to emit emotions in me, it doesn't. It just. It just doesn't. Affect either it does, you. which you, I'm you great even with. Heard Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> See that kind of song, I wouldn't like either. Like, yeah, no, it's the terrible. epic ones, the Hallelujah chorus, or the oh yeah, uh, so one of the ones we sung, the first Noel. Like those are the ones. Like those get me. Yeah, because they're epic. But the 
Yeah. No, the the cute ones they don't <laughs> they don't do anything for me at all. Well, there's just a whole lot of cute ones um, around Christmas, and so you've got to like pick through and choose the ones that are not just cute. But you know, I got in trouble for saying something about silent night one time and so we'll just <laughs> yeah you better you don't want to touch steer, that one steer away yeah. from all of this now but uh that's why you like singing the correction one the correction that it one, wasn't yeah. a silent it, night it isn't uh it was not a silent labor of love that's what it, <laughs> that's right it's at some point that one's making it out there i'm just saying <laughs> um i it's just i will say like um if y'all haven't um uh listened to andrew peterson's behold the lamb um concert uh, that he does he he usually tours with it i don't i don't yeah. know how much of that is happening this year but i think most of it's online in different places yeah um but you should at least like go buy the album or whatever um and if you can buy the old one i know the new one's great um, but i think the old one's better um but uh the behold the lamb uh album is amazing and it, it tells the the story so you're good with those type of Christmas. Oh songs. my goodness, it, it's fantastic. I I mean I love this. I love the story. I love <laughs> how God chose to to come as a child. Like this is, it is fantastic, and it deserves better than what we've given it. There you so, go. Um. Anyway, uh, that's what that's what I think. Um, <laughs> but super excited about uh, the way we're doing Advent this year. Um and and uh, looking at it through all of the Gospels. Um, Chris took us through John, which is, uh, um, you know, that Advent through through the eyes of John has probably skipped a whole lot because John doesn't really mention baby Jesus. Right. Um, the other reason it's your favorite the gospel. The other reason it's my favorite gospel. This is, <laughs> this is my favorite gospel for sure. Um, but... Um, Anyway, I, I really enjoyed that and the, the, all the ties to, to prophecy and um, the, it's just, it's a great reminder. Um, I think it was a great reminder that, uh, that Advent for Christians is not just remembering that Jesus came, um, but that he is coming again. Mm-hmm. Um, and John's uh, reference to, or John then writing Revelation, I think is, is huge and maybe we'll revisit that on the Christ candle on Christmas Eve. Absolutely. Spoiler alert. Um, but this week we're going to do Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, last week was John and hope. And this week is Luke and peace. And Paul's going to take us through uh, Luke and peace. Um, okay. Not to be too on the nose, but it did strike me as we were talking about our attitudes about Christmas and the season and even as right before we got on, yeah. me saying like, "What do you have a favorite gospel?" or mm-hmm. jokingly, a least favorite gospel. But the um, the uh, it is intriguing to me that we part of what I love about the four accounts is that I think if Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were sitting around doing a podcast, you could say, "Okay, what is your favorite thing about the Advent?" And that's what we're kind of yeah. doing. That's what we're trying to yeah. focus in on. Is it's like we're having a podcast with these four guys, and they're going, "Oh, here here's what you need to know about the Advent." This right here, this is what you can't miss about it. And that's kind of what I want. Maybe I should have restructured now that I'm thinking about it. That would have been a great <laughs> selling point for this series would have been trying Not to portray that. Good news of great joy. It would have been. What, what if we, so in a few weeks, what if we, what if we get Colson in here, put him on a mic, and each of us pick one of the gospel writers 
<laughs> see if we can reenact. Try to reenact what that would Matthew, be like. Mark, Luke, and John. Oh, man, that's a lot of That'd pressure. That'd be fun. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Colson asks questions and we have to answer them. As if we're them? As if we're them. That would be, that'd be fun, too. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want the pressure of trying to... Trying to be John? Trying to be John. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard enough just hard being, enough. yeah. It's hard you, enough John, being huh? named John. I don't, <laughs> I don't need the extra uh, weight of that guy. Holy cow! Okay, sorry. Back to, back to Luke. Yeah. So Luke, <laughs> what, what a has a lot of unique Luke picture. slash Paul. Yeah, I I always wonder if Luke is how much he's filling in the like the details. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the yeah yeah you're emphasizing that but let me go ahead and make sure here's the details here's more because yeah he or yeah you've already been given that stuff so let me go ahead and write the other stuff right that's missing can yeah, you imagine if we of, didn't have Luke's research work what we would yeah. miss about oh, the Advent gosh no that would be terrible I mean in so many ways when you teach the Advent what you teach is Luke right I mean and then you add in a couple of things Matthew doesn't have I mean I mean Luke doesn't have that are in Matthew. And that's it. Anytime we read the the uh, Christmas story, I'm usually reading from oh, yeah. Luke. You're reading Luke too, mm-hmm. and then you're like, "Oh, and let's jump over to Matthew for the wise men." For the wise men, yeah. <laughs> I just leave the wise men out a lot. <laughs> All three used of to them. It. All three of them. All three of them. <laughs> so what's the? Uh, so you're thinking, you think of Luke as like filling in the gaps. He's the one who went and interviewed Mary. Yeah, to get the to get the scoop. The scoop, the story. I mean, he's been hired to write this, and now he's doing a good historian kind of version of everything. Um, I, I also think, again, we talked about this, and we probably won't have too much time to talk about it on Sunday, um, but it is interesting that Luke doesn't start with Jesus. It's not Luke 1. It is Luke 2. Mm-hmm. Because, one, what he starts with is he starts with John the Baptist. Um, and the account that he introduced John the Baptist in this is the same one that then he patterns after Jesus and so they're they're very they're told very similarly in style and in sequence only then to emphasize it's like these he wants to emphasize these two really really great characters and then put Jesus as mm-hmm. even higher predominant mm-hmm. above it which is similar to John I mean John John starts John mm-hmm. with John the Baptist John too because he's such an important role his witness no he starts at the beginning that's right but his first, his his main witness there. Main witness is John. Is John the Baptist, which again makes sense. That was John the Baptist's role. It makes sense that that they default to him. He was supposed to come first. So yeah, that's really good. What are you What are you doing on the? I was keep waiting for the laugh track or something. No, sorry, I'm uh, <laughs> pressing buttons. I'm 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 hearing something, and so I'm trying to make it disappear. But that's that's me. Not having touched this board in a while because usually Colson's over here now. It's your internal guilt about Christmas. That's what you're. That's what you're hearing. And my, you yeah, need a therapist, my, not a not a soundboard. Sure, um, but <laughs> soundboards are cheaper than therapists. So <laughs> so true. <laughs> I just stick to my gear. <laughs> Thanks, boss. <laughs> a little white noise, drown out the internal voices. Oh man, that's terrible. <laughs> Sorry. So we're yeah. talking about Matthew, <laughs> um, which we're going to, we'll touch on Matthew, Lord willing, in a couple of weeks. 
And you were saying they present him in yeah, the chosen in, instrument. In the chosen, I I really enjoy and you know, like the there's there's the chosen is a great series. I think everybody should um watch it, but you have to watch it with the right mindset, which is, you know, these they're they're trying to uh portray more of the story than what is actually written down. More more than what we have um listed so they're, they're going to take license with some things and i what i enjoy about the chosen is that i think they do it in a very faithful way mm-hmm. i think that they're you know sometimes they're relying on tradition they rely on scripture of course all the time um but uh in the places where scripture doesn't speak they they talk about um or they use tradition and they use uh just kind of insights that some people have um after spending a lot of time in the word. And um, one of the things that they've chosen to do in the chosen um, is to portray Matthew as um, he's, he's either, and please forgive me. I'm not trying to be offensive in any way um, with this, but he's, he's got like, uh, he's either autistic or he's got Asperger's Mm. on the spectrum somewhere. He's he's somewhere on the spectrum is, Mm. is what it uh, appears to me, at least from the way that they're showing him. He, he doesn't, uh, he definitely has that hard time reading social cues and, and definitely more of a analytical mind um, than anything else. And so what, what I liked so much about it was that they, they, they brought some, um, they brought this, this side of him that I think would explain why somebody would choose to be an outcast in their own society mm. other than just wanting to be rich right because i feel like the the only other thing that not the only other thing but the the default reasoning for someone being a tax collector um it, it was that sellout mindset that that's if a good you, point if if you're a tax collector in those days you're selling out your people so the only reason you would do that is because of the financial gain okay um and I think maybe a desperation because of financial gain might have been another way that they could have played that. Um, but the way that they chose to play it is that Matthew is already kind of an outcast in his right um, people because he doesn't fit in socially. That's an interesting take. People don't understand him, so he's already in that. And he's got this very analytical mind that's making calculated decisions and um, seeing things differently anyway. And so, you know, it's not that he wants to be shut out, but he already is. And so this role seems like it's fit for him. Um, and he does make references to, um, his father not having a son and stuff like that. But, um, it, I, I, I like portrayals like that and they, they've actually got a really great, um, uh, their, their pilot, um, episode was was about the um, uh, the birth of Jesus, and it 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 focuses on the shepherds, and um, it's really it's really neat. I think that'll be cool. I think, I, I've only I think, seen little bits of them. I need to. Yeah, I think the two of you y'all should probably watch that um, if you can this week because it's um, it mm-hmm. has to do with Luke and everything like that. But anybody who can, I think should should watch um, the chosen because it's it's. It's fun, and if you're going to watch shows, you might as well, as I've got the T-shirt that says, um, you might as well binge Jesus. That's right. If you're going right. to binge something. So um, I, I, it's, again, they're, they're being creative, and they're definitely telling stories um, 
from a, you know, a, a story, these stories from a storyteller's um, perspective that's trying to bring in all these different things and also trying to tell some stories that aren't necessarily in the Bible. But man, I've, there's, there's already been um, so many scenes that I've watched, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that have had me like remembering the gospel in a yeah. very strong way. Um, um, just being able to wa- watch it. So, well, I mean, as it was in, when you said that, it was interesting because starting to look ahead at, um, I've never systematically taught through Matthew. Um, I've taught, I think, all three of the other gospels, but um, straight through. But I think that's a, it struck me doing a little research that Matthew mentions money like six, seven, eight, maybe nine or 10 times in accounts that appear in other gospels that they, they don't, don't mention have, the yeah. money. Don't. Don't say anything about the money. They don't mention the detail of it costs this much. Or, like, for example, that's where we get how much Judas was paid is from Matthew, and which makes, of course, total sense. If he's a, he's a money guy, mm-hmm. it's like Luke uh, Luke mentions uh, physical body terms and anatomical terms more often than... And if he was the doctor. Yeah, and if he's a, a Greek doctor, that makes total sense that he would do that. That was actually a frustration years ago reading one of Bart Ehrman's books because... As a historian and a Bible scholar, he knows better, but he just puts in a parenthesis in one of his books. He mentions Luke, and the parenthesis says, which was clearly not written by a Greek and not written by a doctor, close parenthesis. And then moves on. And then moves on. It's like, okay, with his scholarship. No, 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 no. He knows that that, that there actually is excellent evidence that was written by a Greek and even good evidence that was written by a doctor, and yet. Man, that's what scholarship does to you, though. I that drives me crazy. He has no business. You you dig into things and you're like, no, this is the truth. <laughs> like, stop it. Have have some or, humility. This yeah. is the truth. Now let me dig into <laughs> right exactly things. right. Yeah. But he's that's and again that that frustrates me. But it is intriguing when we see some of these little details um, to realize. Okay, there's there's a reason that th- th- this begins to make sense once you understand. Okay, why did the early church fathers all attribute this to Matthew. Well, they, I mean, they probably knew who wrote it. And so yeah. the fact that his name isn't, isn't, they know who wrote it. And then when you have that starting and then you look in the text and you go, Oh, look at this person mentioned money more often than anybody else. And it's, and all of a sudden all the disagreements, all the like, Oh, who really wrote the book of Matthew? They seem, they seem pretty silly. They really yeah. do. I mean, it's once I once I've looked at that and went like, I, I don't understand why is this a thing? If this wasn't the Bible, this would certainly not be a thing. No, everyone would accept it was mm-hmm. written by yeah. Matthew. So, anyway, I just love digging into that stuff. It's so so fascinating. Definitely. And then, you know, we did John for two years, and then Mark's gonna in my in my mind, Mark's gonna be. It's, I'm I'm most challenged in my brain. Okay, so I told Paul after the sermon this Sunday. Um, so the, just this is how this is often how it works is with something like this. Me going, okay, I'm committed to. We'll do the four Advent sermons are going to be each of the Gospels presentation of the Advent. It's not like I know what those are. Right. I don't already have in my head like, yeah, right. oh, it'll be John. I know what John's will be. Now I have you're a pretty not, good feeling for Luke you're and not Matthew. Wayne Broderick. <laughs> yes, I've not been doing this 30, 30 years memorizing every sermon I've ever done. But the uh and and planning more than, you know, a couple of a couple of weeks oh my in goodness. advance. So the um but 
but that may a, be really troubling for some people, and we just need to let you know, like, it's going to be fine. We have a general sense <laughs> of what's coming, but, uh, but, but the, that's the Lord is willing sometimes, and we just move where he says. That's, that's how it seems. But that's, so I open up the beginning of John, not knowing really where that sermon's going to go. Yeah. Like, and then studying the passage. And I told Paul, I was like, the way I describe it is the passage teaches itself to me as I'm digging into it. I read through it. I start looking at other people's inputs. I just, I dive into the passage and try to saturate myself with it. And it begins to speak like, this is, this is my take on the Advent, John says. And it feels like he's sitting down with me. Again, that's a feeling. Um, but it feels like he's sitting down with me and explaining, trust this is what I'm looking for in John. This is what I wanted to say in John 1. Can't trust those feelings. <laughs> so I'm hoping, obviously, I'm counting on that being the leadership of the Spirit and input there. But it's, it is a, it just feels like it teaches itself to me sometimes. Yeah. And that's how it felt. Like, so how are you approaching this, Paul? Well, and that was one of the things that, you know, I think after the first service, I was like, oh, that was a fascinating way to kind of go through the, the material. And mm-hmm. I was like, it really, there was a part of me, I was like, I'm going to have to see how it shaped out to probably see how this is going to shape out moving forward. But I think some of the, I mean, again, the same, the same principle that Chris just described, I think is really key in probably any, any of our readings of the Bible, let alone teaching it or preaching it, um, was that you do, you always, you always do want to look at what is the what is the message that it is proclaiming? Not the, again, not the message you wanted to proclaim, not right. the message that it's, you know, mm-hmm. the danger of, you know, especially so many teachers, it's like their goal is to find something clever. Right. Or oh, yeah. present something the, that's the like, new. yeah, the new or the different, or this is how it's special. And, and, right. and, and a lot of times it's like, yeah, again, people have been reading this book for a long, long time. And right. you're the one who finally now has it put together or has like kind later. of the secret right. figured out. And it's like that, that kind of stuff is, is, Really, you know, again, not that every time you you listen to a sermon and are surprised that you're like, oh, that guy's making that up. I mean, no, right, scripture sure. can surprise us. Oh, and yeah. It does, oh, but yeah. if if again, if the mindset going into that is I'm going to find those, is I'm going to unlock that, I'm going to find these things. That's where it really gets onto kind of that scripture hazy. needs me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, <laughs> <laughs> just saying it out loud. I got. I, like, yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scoot to the other side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> that was. It wasn't me saying that. It was <laughs> someone who would, who would take it from. Oh my goodness. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that no. does that does happen though. It does a lot, and it's tempting for anybody to go. I'm gonna dig into this passage, and what's the one thing I can find that no one else has discovered? Um, sure. But my experience is if I ever come at a passage like that, I won't find that. Yeah. If that's what, if that's your aim, if that's my aim, you find yourself, I just get frustrated. Right yeah. I'm, I am locked up. My brain is shut down. I gray. Oh, I, mean, I can't like, I can't find anything of any, I don't know what I'm going to teach about this, but so often if I will just, and your background is as a researcher. Yeah. I love research yeah. I and mean, I enjoy doing it. So, so it's great. It's good to get to do that. And a lot, by the way, I, and sometimes I would say it isn't like this last week where the passage seems to teach itself to me. Sometimes that's how it happens. Sometimes it's there's a commentary that I read and, you know, a, a pastor from 300, 400 years ago teaches the passage to me. Hmm. And then I that's when I begin to understand it. Or I'll YouTube a sermon, somebody else's sermon on that passage. And 
listen to their sermon and their sermon will begin to inspire a new understanding or, and people see that me with me on Sunday morning all the time. I'm sure when I'm like a kid, I'm the kid who just found where the cookies are stored and it's like, check, check this out guys. You won't believe this. Hey, if that's what you did when you found cookies as a kid, you were doing it wrong. <laughs> you're supposed to, you're supposed to just, just sit not there tell anybody. Hoard those cookies. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're, you're a terrible fat kid. That's, you need to... <laughs> I wasn't ever a fat kid. That's for sure. Well, I wasn't I'm a, a fat, fat grown up, either, but, but uh, that didn't have anything to do with me not acting like a fat kid. <laughs> That's fun. Well, anyway. cool. So I'm I'm already, I mean, like, I really am right now eager to see where the book of Mark takes us. Matthew, I love the, the wise men account is just so filled with cool information and cool details. And, um, but th- that's a funny one where, where I thought I had uncovered something special about the fact that the three gifts of the wise men, you know, and I'll talk about that that day, they represent three different things about the prophecies of Jesus and and then discovered that a song that I had never sung anything but the first verse of We Three Kings, the other three verses, verses two, three, and four, yeah. are about the way the three gifts are played out in prophecy. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess I didn't come. Obviously, you I never guess, listened to Claymation. That's exactly, <laughs> no, I did not. Thank you. Oh, wow. What well, claymation I did see has required tons of therapy. To speaking of my wife's family traditions, because <laughs> claymation Christmas is one of those. Um, you mentioned uh, Handel's Messiah. That was actually my first interaction with Lori's full family. Like her, sorry, her. Um, I I knew Emily, of course, but like hanging out with Emily and Lori and their parents together was right before. Um, like Lori and I were engaged, and I went with them to Georgia thanksgiving um and so on the like drive from texas to georgia they sure did sing handles messiah oh wow in parts <laughs> that like there fun. were four-part harmony going on in that car and i was like i gotta dust off my like college yeah. <laughs> memories here and try to remember what the you know those glee club skills yeah based Part for handles Messiah. I mean, you know, like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, but they're they're a little bit ridiculous. Hey, on that note, as we wrap up, I know there's a handful of people who listen to this, and they're uh, they probably would be interested in knowing how's how's your voice doing, and how can how can we be praying for your voice? I uh, just keep praying. Um, I it's not. Um, everybody's asking like how I feel and stuff like that. It's actually not like no, there's nothing painful. Um, going on inside of my voice and what it they need to be asking about covid yeah that's what you had last week <laughs> that that's one thing but this was before covid okay people were asking how i feel and stuff like that and i think there's there's a there's a misconception um in in this um and it makes sense so i'm not uh surprised by it at all but um my my voice has never hurt um, mm. my throat doesn't really hurt every once in a while there'll be some sort of pain and stuff like that and fatigue but um really this is this is actually kind of more of a neurological thing and it has to do with the way that i um, interact with stress and um that uh i'm i'm not the first singer that this has happened to um and uh it's funny it's it's actually happened to quite a few worship leaders Mm -hmm. um uh seems like maybe that's more of a thing than 
than some other types of uh, singing. But um, I, I don't know um, what that looks like in the future. I know that uh, if I sing, you know, a lullaby to my kids, I'm fine. Hmm. Um, but if I try to sing other things, um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work out so well. And I just, um, basically have lost control, um, Mm. of my voice in a lot of ways. So, um, keep praying. Absolutely. I love singing. I miss singing. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a really hard thing for me to not sing. Um, but, um, it, it, it does feel like this is not something that I'm just able to change this one thing and it, it fixes everything. Um, is a, a longer road in front of me than, than that. And it may be just a, a change in how I interact with what God has called me to in general. Oh, so, man, the last, the last few weeks, even months of leadership has been so good. It's been so cool to get to have voices in the church step up and sing like Elizabeth yeah. who had sworn she would never, ever, ever do it. Yeah. And but everybody keeps like asking me why I didn't ask her before. It's like, don't, <laughs> don't yeah, yeah, that's not your fault. Don't do that to me. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not the one who's you know holding out on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's uh, and Elizabeth would tell you that if you try to, you know, hang that on anyone but her, she'll tell you like, no, no, I've I've always been totally unwilling. Yeah. So, anyway, it, it is it is a neat, it is it is. Even as scary and hard as it can be, it is wild to watch God change our yeah. ministries and how we minister. And but He doesn't He doesn't let go of us. Well, we, I, yeah. I appreciate your leadership, and it's fun to hear your band. The week that you were out, yeah. it was, and I got to come in early because there was a chance I was going to be on mic up there. Yeah, and just to hear them talk, and they, they just it, it's fun to watch them what they've learned and how they've been discipled well by you. So that's that's it's just wild to watch God yeah. do things. There's been a lot of conversations with them and a lot of conversations with other people um, in the midst of all of this and the changes that are happening. And that's a long conversation that we could have some other time about identity and about mm. uh, um, everything that's happening right now with me. Um, but um, we'll, we'll save that for another time. Perfect. Um, and yeah, I'm cool, super, man. I'm looking forward to Sunday and um, Luke and, um, and Christmas music, and and some some good old fashioned Christmas music, and maybe <laughs> maybe a few not so old fashioned. 